Welcome to the LU Moment, where we showcase all the great events, activities, programs, and people right here at Lamar University. I'm Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at OU, and uh, thanks for tuning in to this week's show, right? All right, listen, guys, so on Saturday, August 6th, Lamar University will confer more than 852 degrees and certificates at our Summer 2022 Commencement Ceremony. Um, nearly record-breaking for our Summer Commencement Ceremonies, and so joining me today is Dr. Dan Brown, our newly named Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs right here at LU, who has been laser focused on student success and getting our students across that stage in the Montaigne Center. Dr. Brown, thank you for joining me on this week's show. Thank you for having me. All right, Dr. Brown, so you are often um, saying when someone asks your introduction, you often say, listen, I'm a Texan, I've been a Kansan, I'm a Bobcat, I've been a Gorilla, and now a Cardinal. Uh, my uh, academic path is fairly traditional, but I always yeah. like to say, first of all, in my family, I'm a Kansan married to a North Carolinian with a son who is a Texan. <laughs> yeah. So in my family, at least we're batting one for three. Many yeah. people are proud of us for that. Um, I began my uh, education at Pittsburgh State University where I was a gorilla in Southeast yeah. Kansas. Went on to Oklahoma State for my PhD in plant pathology in the College of Agriculture. And yeah. have been a faculty member at Eastern New Mexico University, Texas A&M University Kingsville, the Javelinas, yeah. Texas State University, the Bobcats, and now Lamar University where we're very happy uh, to be cardinals in our household. Oh man, I love that. You have an extensive history, very knowledgeable. And so whenever I have a guest on the show, I always ask, why Lamar University? I had known about Lamar for some time because of my work yeah. with the Texas State University system. Yeah, um, you were in the system already. Already yeah. at Texas State University, but it actually goes back further. When I was at Texas A&M University Kingsville, I was the uh, search committee chairman for our search for the dean of the College of Engineering. Oh, okay. So we were looking at Lamar University's College of Engineering as an example of what we would wow. want to do with engineering at Kingsville. Wow. We had a successful search. It did not include a candidate from Lamar at the time. Yeah. So I've known about it since then, but um, there are family connections. My son's godparents, uh, their brother-in-law and sister-in-law were Tom Lamb. Yeah. of lamb printing. Uh, the first vice president to have ever hired me in higher education is a Mahaffey, famous of course for Judge Jim Mahaffey. So yeah. we've had this relationship with Beaumont and then when the opportunity came to move here yeah. during pandemic, we just went from one Bucky's to another all the way from San Marcos to Beaumont and made it a successful transition. <laughs> so it seems like life has kind of come full circle for you in a sense, right? Very much so, very much so. And this has been uh, in some ways the easiest move of my career. Yeah. Um, it has been a successful move. We're very happy. And, and we found Beaumont to be just an amazing community that we don't think people know enough about. Yeah, well give us some of your favorite things about Beaumont so far. Well, first of all, um, I've loved everywhere I live, so this is, yeah. not a, this is not an indictment of other places, right. but I don't think people who don't know Beaumont in 2022 appreciate how much there is right here in yeah. Jefferson County. Yeah. And for the first six months we lived here, I didn't even know about anything south of the Lamar University campus, yeah. but I lived off of Dallin Road. So, you know, whether it's selections of different food cultures, mm -hmm. whether it's still having Parkland Mall, yeah, um, that's right. all those pieces that we have here, that I think those who don't know Beaumont, don't know Southeast Texas, yeah. um, don't realize how much this city has to offer yeah. and how much it's changed. All right, and so you are now our newly appointed provost and vice president 
for academic mm-hmm. affairs. Um, why don't you expand on that role a little bit? Because some might not realize the vital position that you play here at Lamar University. Well, well, as provost and vice president for academic affairs, you have uh, a lot of different hats. Yeah. So I have, I just added up 13 direct reports as of today. But I'm responsible for the entirety of the academic affairs ecosystem. So yeah. teaching and learning, student success is also a part of that. Yeah. So the academic colleges, the honors college, the graduate college, research and sponsored programs, assessment and accreditation, yeah. institutional research. Um, and of course, then I play the role in oftentimes stepping in for the president as the as the cause may be needed. Yeah. So I will step in for him with conversations with external and internal audiences and represent the university in that way. But I think one of the funnest parts of this job to me, I just got out of a meeting working with other vice presidents, helping us to develop that campus culture, that mm. shared responsibility that's going to be so yeah. respo- so important to our growth and development in the future. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned campus culture because that's been a part of Dr. Taylor's theme since he's arrived, campus culture and building that up. Mm-hmm. And so I know his excitement in hiring you was like, Dr. Brown is going to push that forward mission. Well, remember, there were three things I said at my uh, interview, culture, communication, and coordination. Yeah. And I share his belief that a positive, success-focused culture And writ large, everyone's success, not just students, faculty and staff, that that culture will be key to our continued progress because, one, it's positive. And and it's also team-focused. And I think that element of shared responsibility Mm -hmm. is really important in higher education today. Shared voices so that all people know that they're being heard is very important in higher education today. So I'm excited. He is, uh, you know, I was on the presidential search committee. Yes. And this is twice in my career I've had that opportunity. And in both instances, it was stunning to me how quickly individuals separated themselves from the other candidates on the basis of their perspective, their attitude, their personality, their skills and abilities. And as it was in a previous instance, Dr. Taylor definitely found uh, his voice in that that, uh, interview and was the most wonderful candidate we could have picked up at that time for president. Oh, man, we're lucky to have you both. Now, I want to back up a little bit. Okay. Tell us what sparked your passion in education, because as you mentioned, you have that oh. that extensive history in agriculture, but here you are. Well, I will tell you, I had, and I say this a lot, you mentioned gorillas, because I'm a Pittsburgh State <laughs> yes. University gorilla. I had the most amazing experience in undergraduate education one could ever hope for. Yeah. And it was because of faculty mentors. It was because of staff that took an interest in my success. Yeah. And I want every student to have that kind of experience where they're absolutely thrilled and excited when they get that email that talks about their university, when they have an opportunity to go to homecoming yeah. or to a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game. I want them yeah. to have that same experience. And then I went on for my doctorate. And at Oklahoma State University and had an experience that was so amazingly positive that I, I've said this many times. If everyone could have the experience I had under under Dr. Bob Hunger at, Tech, at Oklahoma State University, yeah. we'd have a lot more PhDs in agriculture because it was absolutely the most engaging and uh, challenging, yeah. but the most rewarding experience I could have at that level. So I've had those wonderful educational experiences. Yeah. And now in my role... My passion is that today's students have those same quality experiences so they can come out of their educations wanting 
to achieve more, do more, be more, as I did based upon those experiences. Wow. And so you've been here nearly two years, mm -hmm. right? It'll be two years, November 1st, mm -hmm. uh, coming up. And so you've been through one round of strategic planning for the mm -hmm. university. Right? Yes. So how do you um, use your passion to kind of drive that forward mission with strategic well, planning? Well, and that's such a challenge. Now, I came in yeah. after the plan had been completed. Okay. So what I'm doing now is preparing for what we call a mid-cycle revision of the strategic plan. Yeah. And with that, you start to really work with everyone once again and say, okay, what are our, our priorities? What are the things we really want to do? I really believe, very simply, you know, what are the handful of things, five things we, that are yeah. absolutely essential for us to achieve? Um, and so we'll begin the year with mm -hmm. kick-starting the process of identifying those priorities, probably tightening up that plan. It's yeah. a good plan with a lot of good pieces. But we need to tighten it up, and we need to refine what we're going to try to measure. And it has to be something we measure importance. And I'm absolutely committed to completing a piece that was kind of left on the back burner, and that is uh, completing the element to make sure we have a strategic plan for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Perfect. And I'm really excited yeah. with uh, our new acting vice president in that area, Dr. Freddie Titus. That's right. He's going to help us really make progress in that area in a, in a very short while. Yes, I know we formally had um, the President's Task Force for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, mm -hmm. and I think we added on access. Any plans to bring that back? I don't know about that so much, but you know, yeah. my background, um, I was very successful in working within the, de the Developing Hispanic Serving Institutions program from the U.S. Department of, Agri of Education. Yeah. I've had seven successful HSI grants, and so being committed to those outcomes has just been a part of my life on the last two campuses yeah. I worked on. And so I look forward to taking those skills and those experiences out to work with our faculty and departments and programs yeah. so that I can kind of help them as we rapidly approach that. But I, I believe that the, the strength of coming from the developing HSI background is those grants are meant to strengthen institutional capacity to serve students. Yeah. And I love those terms, strengthen institutional capacity to serve students. Because while they're HSI grants, they were intended to serve all students at the university. Yeah. And I think that's, from my perspective, an important part of thinking about diversity and equity yeah. is how are we going to serve our students so that all have the same opportunities, all are enabled to succeed to the very best of their abilities. Yeah, and HSI, meaning Hispanic Serving Institutions, mm -hmm. correct? Yes, thank you. Yes, and what would be the benefit of us becoming in a designated HSI? Well, it's interesting. Um, I think first and foremost, it's the community you join. Yeah. Uh, you now become a member of a of a team that's mm -hmm. included that represented by universities across the nation. Right. Um, three other universities in our systems are already HSI. So Texas State, Sam Houston recently designated, yeah. and Sol Ross are always HSIs. So yeah. now there's these conversations you can have. Uh, there are these opportunities to learn from what others are doing. Yeah. And then avoid some of the pitfalls. Right. as the campus becomes more diverse. Right. So I think that's going to be exciting for us to join that community. It will also give us other opportunities. Every federal agency has designated grant opportunities for Hispanic-serving institutions. Yeah. Now, I shared that secondly because um, that's a wonderful outcome, and it helps you bring in money that will help you achieve at certain goals. And it's important, and we, we will, I think we'll be successful there. Right. But first and foremost, it's strengthening institutional capacity to serve our students. That's yeah. the key focus of that. That's the key focus of that. And so I know all of these things, strategic planning, becoming an HSI-designated institution, all of these things are collaborative. But I want to ask you, what is your vision for Lamar University moving forward? Well, I want to support Lamar in becoming more nimble, uh, becoming more ready for the changes that are yeah. ahead. Because yeah. first and foremost, higher education – 
Um, you, it used to be probably once a generation, higher education made a specific shift. Yeah. You're looking around my office today, and I'm, you know, 25 <laughs> years ago, the idea of a provost, I would have had wingback chairs, yeah. and I would have had a nice <laughs> fireplace that went into my right, office, right. and a blue and a view outside on this yeah. beautiful tree field. All lawn. about the look. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. all about because you were receiving people. Yeah. I'm a working provost. I'm yeah. here getting the job done. So my vision is to support and encourage our faculty, staff in particular, our students as well, but in, yeah. as I look forward, in how do we become the university we need to be mm-hmm. in the coming years? Because COVID taught us nothing if not that we have to be ready to grow and develop and change. Yeah. Um, part of that will be academic program growth, development, and change. So finding areas where we know that we can um, recruit and retain more students, graduate more students. Right. It's also gonna be thinking about the degrees and certificates that tomorrow's graduate are going to need in order to be successful in their careers. Yeah. Because certainly upskilling and reskilling are more important than ever today. I also think it's going to be exciting as we think about our real strength in the area of the professional doctoral programs. And that's where we have our doctorate, our EDD in education. We have the doctor right. of audiology, doctor of engineering mm-hmm. um, as examples. We have this strength there. Yeah. And how do we, I think it reflects the very best of Lamar, which is we're preparing our students for success in their chosen and professional careers. Yeah. And that's something I want to also see us be working on and focusing on to become even more of a leader in the state and region in that area. Yeah. And I think a part of that change is um, some things you've already done. You know, you come out of the Rio building, you're going out into the <laughs> campus, you're meeting faculty where they are. And so that's important. Well, not just expecting uh, campus to come to Rio, but expecting Rio to go to campus. Right. I just had a great meeting yesterday just to give a cheer out for some folks who are going to help me. We're scheduling our first round of uh, what's what I call a president and provost um, open forum. But yeah. it's more like a speed dating situation yeah. where we'll be set up, <laughs> okay. as will other key offices. So various constituencies are there. And in 10-minute windows, faculty, staff, and students can come in and they can talk with the president. They can talk Love with that. the provost, with the deans, Love with that. vice presidents. And I, again, I say speed dating because at the end of 10 minutes, the air horn goes off and we reshuffle. Yeah. And what's great about that is in a 90-minute period approximately, we're going to gather so much direct, real-time input yeah, into the things back. we can yeah. be doing. Yeah. Now, the important piece is we have folks that are sitting at the table with us who are going to be gathering this information, and right. then we provide feedback back to the campus of what we heard Yes. and what we're hoping to make progress toward That's achieving. innovative. That's an innovative oh, open forum. I love it. it. Uh, we did love it at it. a former university, and it's a great way in a very short period of time to be very um, efficient yeah. and gather information. But I think the other piece is we're not doing it here. <laughs> We're going to go <laughs> okay. out to campus <laughs> right? because right. we're going to take Rio to campus. We're going right. to show folks that we also want to be a part of their ecosystem. It doesn't seem possible that just that short distance from Rio to SciTech could be such a challenge, but it is a distance. Right. And we need to get down that way and be working with our faculty, staff, and students. I love that, Dr. Brown. Now, let's talk commencement. Okay. Um, commencement is coming up August 6th. All right, so tell me, what does commencement mean for you? Favorite time of the year. Ooh. If you can't get excited about commencement when you're working in higher education, I don't know why you're here. Yeah. Um, it all goes back to when I went to college. My mom had been ill my senior year in college yeah. and had just gotten out of the hospital maybe a week to 10 days before I graduated. And even in that weakened condition, participated and came to commencement to yeah. see me graduate. She would never have missed it. Yeah. And I remember vividly when I was at Texas A&M University Kingsville, which much like Texas State and Lamar, we serve a large number of first-generation students. And as you processed in faculty and students and then as administrators last, you would see parents 
standing for everyone's processional in tears Yes, because they never saw this as an opportunity for their family. And I mm-hmm. can get a little choked up about it now right? because that's what we're here for is to be the team that facilitates these dreams. Yeah. And we can't lose sight that at commencement, it's not just getting the degrees and it's not just the tradition and the pomp and circumstance. It's that someone is pausing to be recognized for an accomplishment of significance that will have lifelong impacts, not only on them, but their families, potentially their neighbors, their communities. It's such an amazing day. And uh, ours, uh, you know, it's been wonderful that we've seen this growth in commencement. Uh, The challenge may be we may see having to have more commencement ceremonies in the future because we don't want it to be such a large event that we still can't make it a special event. So that's why I like it. It's my favorite time of the year. It's like Christmas for yeah. academics. I mean, really. Yeah, I love that. And you, your first commencement with Lamar University was an interesting time, right? Outdoors in two yeah. weeks. We yeah. went from having uh, no commencement yeah. to having an outdoors commencement in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, it was successful. I'll yeah. never forget. That was, you know, it brought up, that was the one you probably remember, the challenge of students getting here because yes. there was an accident on the highway. That's right. And we had these um, young men and women just in tears, calling right. us because they wanted to get to commencement. So we were hustling out on the field. We got it done. One of my favorite memories, though, will always be when we had the um, fireworks at the end of commencement. Oh, yes. In Beautiful. Last Just last May. Beautiful. Well, Dr. Brown, I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to commencement, and I know you are as well, right? Of course I am. Of course I am. I'll be there early, and I'll be the last one to leave. We'll see you all there, too, listener. Um, again, that's going to be on August 6th. Visit lamar.edu forward slash commencement for all the details. We're getting ready for it, and we're excited about it. All right, Dr. Brown, I want to thank you for joining me on the LU Moment this week. Thank you, Shelby, for all that you do for the university as well. All right. This is Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, the pride of Southeast Texas.